0: I can invite you to remain standing. Our scripture comes this morning from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be assigned to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. It's good to be here with you all this morning as we are gathered here to worship God together. As you all know, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's also the Christmas Eve. And so, I just said the Christmas Eve, didn't I? Okay, we'll get that out of our system. Okay, while Christmas is always December 25th, Uh, That doesn't always mean that Advent lines up to provide four clean Sundays before Christmas Eve. So we end up with years like today, where Christmas Eve falls on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And so today's going to be a good one. Tonight I want to encourage you to join us for one of our two Christmas Eve services. Both services will have candlelight, both will have a Christmas message, uh, both will have special music and communion. Uh, the family service is for folks of all ages. We do try to make it a little special for children and younger families. meaning if uh, it gets a little loud and you don't like the family service, uh, you might want to come to the six o'clock service because sometimes it's a little noisy, other times it's not. So I don't know what it'll be this evening, and that's okay. Uh, six o'clock service'll uh, we'll have chancel choir and commun- or we'll have communion and nursery will also be available just so you know. and then for those worshiping online with us, Uh, we will live stream at 6 o'clock. And so, uh, just to let you all know that. Before I begin the message, I want to take a moment to thank the choir for the cantata last Sunday. Thank you. I know that uh, we probably don't thank the choir enough, but there's a lot of months of preparation that go into them preparing a piece of music like that. Or even just what they sing for us most Sunday mornings. And so, uh, in addition to to everything they've been doing, I just appreciate it. And so, thank you to choir, to our music staff, uh, to all our volunteers who made the potluck possible. And what a wonderful time of fellowship. I did get Pastor Bill to buy me lunch this week. And so, uh, (laughs) I so appreciate his willingness and his congregation's willingness to join us here. Just what a great Sunday it was. Um, I didn't say this to Bill, but... Uh, You know, we've, I guess, known each other for 25 years. Bill was Mindy's youth director when he was fresh out of college, if you want to know how old he is. Um, But then also, Bill and I joke, uh, when our very, very, very first trip to Israel, both of us went wifeless. uh, Because we just, well, they had young children, and Katie was young. And Bill and I ended up somehow in this top corner room overlooking the Sea of Galilee in Israel. And uh, I'll just say I, it was a whole lot nicer when, when the next time I went to Israel when Mindy was there and I was able to, you know, we have to see the view and everything. And so Bill's just a great guy and I'm just blessed to, to be in ministry with him. And so as you all know, this Advent season, uh, we've been looking at some of the common scriptures, some of the more familiar scriptures that surround the birth of Jesus. We've also looked at some of the individuals in this story who were chosen and used by God to accomplish His plan in sending His Son. These scriptures are the ones that tell us about Jesus and His birth. And each Sunday I've tried to read the passage and prepare to read the passage like I was reading it for the first time. And my reason in doing so is easy. as I think sometimes we overlook God's words for us because the story is so familiar to us. We know the story, we think we know the scriptures, we think we know the story without really knowing exactly what the story tells us. And so what we do is we find ourselves reading it and instead of reading it word for word, we find ourselves just reading along with it, not reading it as close. And so maybe we, we skip parts or we skim parts. And that's not how we, sp- we need to be reading our Bibles. Because we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, we believe that the Holy Spirit guided Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all of these other writers to put those words to paper that have been shared to us. We believe that the Bible contains truth, and it gives us truth, which means that every word to us is important. And so especially as we read about the birth of Jesus, especially as we read about the life of Jesus, I think it's important for us to remember that every word comes together in order for us to know God and to know Jesus through the reading and studying of his word. And so that's what we've tried to do this Advent season. To look at these different individuals. And today we're going to go a little differently. But, you know, we've looked at, at Zechariah and Luke chapter 1. Zechariah is often one that I think sometimes I skim over. When the angel Gabriel met him in the temple as he was to light incense on the altar. Zechariah was, was met there and Gabriel told him that his wife would become pregnant. And the one that his wife would bear would be the one that would prepare the way for the Messiah. Zechariah doubted, and so his punishment was to go for the next nine months unable to speak until his son was born. So his first words are, his name is John, when his son John was born. And in Zechariah's story, we we saw how God continued to use him even when he questioned, even when he wondered, even when he doubted. God still had a plan for him, and God can still use us even when we have questions. We've also seen the way that, um, <clears throat> that uh, the angel, wait, I'm sorry. We've also looked at Matthew 13 and the passage of Scripture where, where Jesus' ministry was questioned. And when Jesus goes to the synagogue in Matthew 13, the people are asking questions. They say, who is this kid? Who is this man that has appeared before us who is saying that he is the Messiah, who is saying that the Scripture that we read in Isaiah is being fulfilled now in our midst? But they don't ask who Jesus is by saying this person. They say, "Who not this the, the carpenter's son? And I think what they give us is they give us a picture of who Joseph was. As he faithfully chose to respond to the call that God had placed on his life. As he faithfully chose to listen to what God had told him. As he faithfully chose to, to fulfill the role that had been placed upon him. Joseph was faithful. And I think... The question that the crowd had in Nazareth when Jesus began teaching there shows us the model of faithfulness that Jesus practiced because Jesus was still identified not by what he was doing, not by his mother, not by his brothers, but who? By by his father. And then we looked at Mary. We looked at her willingness to be a part of God's larger plan for the world. We looked at how she said yes to an angel. As Gabriel comes before her, as Gabriel appeared to her, And as Gabriel gave her a plan, she said yes, not knowing to what it would lead to. She said uh, yes, not knowing where it would go. And she allowed God to use her. And, friends, we have the same opportunity to say yes to God and yes to Jesus in our lives each and every day as God invites us to play a part in accomplishing his plan and accomplishing his purpose in this world. And I think as we've looked at each of these individuals, there's something that ties them all together, and that's not just the action of God, but it's those who are interwoven through the Christmas story. They're interwoven through the incarnation of Jesus. Each of these messengers have been brought by God and are created to to do and to serve one purpose. And that's to carry the message of God to the people of God. Friends, if you think about it, it's awfully hard to read the story of Jesus' birth without reading the story about the angels as they each played an integral role. Really, it was the angel Gabriel and then the others that come to be the chorus that appear over the shepherds. As they fulfill the purpose of bringing the message, of bringing the word of God to the people of God. Think of the stories that we've read just this Advent season. Zechariah. He would have never known the plan and purpose of God in the pregnancy of his wife if the angel Gabriel had not appeared to him in the altar as he, lit temple, uh, as he lit the incense there in the temple. Look at Mary's story. Mary would have never known the way that God was going to use her. She would have never known that the child that she was bearing was the Son of God, God himself. She would have never had the opportunity to say yes to God, to trust God, and to believe in his plan to save all his people if the angel Gabriel hadn't appeared to her. And even Joseph, if the angel hadn't come to him in a, ge- in a dream, he would have been unable to trust Mary as she shared with him the news that she had received. How could he have believed? What would he have believed? And the angel told Joseph that he had a role to play in modeling faithfulness to Jesus in raising him as his son. And then the angel later appears to Joseph, and we often don't read this scripture very often, but in the book of Matthew chapter 2, After Jesus has been born and Herod is trying to find the newborn king, what does the angel do a second time? Joseph has two angels, or two dreams where angels appear to him. The first is to tell him that the child that Mary is carrying is the son of God and that he is to raise him as his own. The second is the angel appears to Joseph in the night. And tells him that Herod is searching to to, uh, find the baby to put him to death. And so Joseph is to take the child and his mother to Egypt. To take him out of the reach of Herod. To take him out of his grasp. To take him to a place that is safe. And he is to wait there until Herod dies. Friends, we can't read the Christmas story without seeing how the message of angels, how their action is interwoven through it. You can't read the Bible with seeing how these people, how these messengers have carried the message of God to the people of God. Because they're messengers, they're sent and created by, by God and by Jesus to comfort. They go to advocate, they go to guide, they go to protect, they go to announce, they go to teach. They go to offer God their worship. And I think in the Christmas story, what we can do is we can look at them. And we can see how they are enabled and they are equipped by God in order to enable and to equip God's people to be faithful so that they each can respond in their life to the message that God is giving them and to the call that God is placing on their lives. Friends, I can't think of how the Christmas story would read if we didn't read about the angels. I can't think of how we could read the story of Jesus and the story of God without seeing the message, or without seeing the role that they play. It doesn't mean that we worship them. It doesn't mean that we offer them sal- that they offer us salvation. It doesn't mean that, that they die and, and they cannot offer us sacrificial love like Jesus has done. It does not mean that they can atone for our sins and they cannot redeem us. But what it does do is it shows that they can bring us a message. They can comfort, they can advocate, they can guide, they can teach, they can join us in worshiping God. Because, friends, we can't read the Christmas story without the message of the angels. They're the ones sent to announce God's new thing. They're the ones sent to be witnesses to what God has done. They're the ones sent to announce the new kingdom and the new world that is offered to us through Jesus Christ, His faithfulness. His glory, His fulfillment. We can't read it without the angels. As they serve a role and as they fulfill a purpose throughout the scriptures. As they witnessed the things that Abraham did when God appeared to him and looked to the heavens and said, I will bless you and your people. Your descendants will be a blessing for all the world as they journeyed with David and as they played witnesses to the ministry of David, to the kingship of David, to David as he was pursued by Saul, as they were there with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and who strengthened him as he prayed, Father, take this cup from me, but if not, let your will be done. Friends, they're witnesses to everything and they're witnesses to our relationship with God we are his people and so look in luke chapter 2 as the shepherd sat in the fields that night the angels sung over the fields a song where all of the world learned that through the incarnation through god through jesus god had taken on flesh and all we can do is believe All we can do is believe in the words that Luke has given us, that Matthew has given us, that John has given us, and that Mark has given us about what God has done and what God is choosing to do through Jesus. All we can do is believe in the true, life-giving Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to what God is going to do and to what God is doing All we can do is believe as we read the scriptures and hear the angels' voices as we hear words like Hosanna in the highest and peace on earth to men. To believe is to fall to our knees and to offer God our praise for what he has done in Jesus. To believe is to follow the creator who gives us life. To believe is to believe the message of the angels as they proclaimed a message of true peace and of hope that only you and I can achieve through Jesus. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. These things only come to those who have had their hearts cleansed and their lives transformed, not by their own work, but by the work of Jesus and by His blood. Friends, on this day, true peace is for us to know Him. True joy is for us to be in Him. True love is for us to experience Him. As we hear the angels' song and as we accept the depth of love that God has for each of us. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, the writer lists a list of people who chose to walk by faith. Through the message of Christmas, you and I are added to that list. As the Christmas story lifts our eyes from the things of this world and allows us to see God. As the Christmas story allows us to receive the promise and to know that one day Jesus will return victorious as a conquering king. To read the Christmas story and to know that it is in Christ that we will receive true peace. We will experience that which we hope for and we will know the depth of God's love for us and the joy that He has when we choose to be in relationship with Him. Friends, hear the angels' song. Receive the gift of Christ. Amen.